0: This morning, I want to talk to you and continue in this series that Pastor Ryan has started called Frequency and Hearing God. Now, I mean, let's just be honest for one second together. How many of us would like to hear God's voice clearly all the time? I mean, most of you, that's good. Some of you maybe do hear it clearly all the time. I personally don't. Uh, There are moments where it's fuzzy, it's hard to make out. It's hard to kind of decipher through. I, I don't quite know what God's trying to say or in a circumstance I'm in, I don't quite know what God's trying to teach me and it's confusing and often frustrating and sometimes we're kind of locked in this spot and we can't seem to move forward and, you know, it, we have this 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 moment of fear and, and we have all these different emotions that happen because we don't hear God's voice as clear as we would like to. There's a Famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said this. He said, God speaks clearest not through his voice, but through our circumstances. God is speaking all the time. And I, I believe the point that Pastor Ryan is trying to make as he communicates this series of messages is simply that fact. That God is speaking all the time. It's our job to position ourselves in a place where we can hear from God clearly. Where we get God's voice Clearly, in every circumstance, in every area of life, it's a wonderful lifelong mission. It's a great goal to have in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That idea that we could hear God's voice and hear it so clearly, we wouldn't have to question, we wouldn't have to reconsider, we wouldn't have to readjust, we would simply be able to move forward. And I believe that, as we get into god 's word together, as you study god 's Word, as you develop in your relationship with him, that those things that that ability to hear his voice in every circumstance in every situation is possible. It, it is possible and I want to talk to you about an area of life as, uh, as it deals with Christian living that is difficult for many of us if we 're honest and we sit in the church and that 's in the area of Leadership in submission, because the Bible says, God's word says, that God places people in positions of authority in our lives. Now, you drove here this morning and maybe you violate it in, in some small respect or larger respect, but you obey the authority within reason that the government has set up in this city or in this part of the country. You drive the speed limit or drive within the reasonable limits of the speed limit so you don't get a speeding ticket. I, I, when I was uh, uh, in high school living in Wisconsin, I think the old joke is, you can kill someone in Wisconsin, just don't speed while you're leaving the scene, or you get pulled over and get caught. Um, you know, I sped a lot, um, too much. In fact, I got seven tickets in 16 months. They took my drivers. They take your driver's license away for doing stuff like that. Uh, I, uh, I spent time as a uh, uh, freshman in college at UWGB with my mother dropping me off to school which is bad for your image when your mom has to pick you up and drop you off. I could not drive. We obey the authority that's placed over us. Now, Salt Lake's a, a bit of a different city. I come back now, and, and uh, some of the speed limits around under I don't understand. You have big four-lane roads, and the speed limit is like 25 miles an hour. You know, Everyone wants to coast wherever they're going. I don't understand it, but I have to obey. If I don't, I see what? The light's in my rear view mirror. I get a ticket. I I, I get pulled over. I have to suffer the consequences of my disobedience. And there are oftentimes in life, and when we come into context of church, we come in the context of our job or even in family, we don't like. That idea that there's leadership, that there is someone there that is meant to lead us and guide us and take us to where God wants us to go. You look through God's word, it's all through God's word. God picks men and women to lead other people. If you read the New Testament, which you should if you don't, if you read the New Testament, if you read about the life of Jesus in the gospels, you'll find this, that wherever Jesus went, a crowd followed. There was always people around him. Why? Because he was a leader. He was telling them. He was explaining to them God's word. He was giving this message everywhere he went. In fact, he had to intentionally get away and be alone. He had to intentionally slip away. You read about stories of him slipping through a crowd and no one knowing where he was, not even the disciples. Just so that he could get a moment alone and spend time in prayer, he had to intentionally do it. We're called to lead in some areas of our lives, and we're called to be led in some areas of our lives. And when you're not willing to be led, when you know it all, when you've already arrived, when you've figured everything out, you'll find that it's very difficult to hear God's voice. Turning your Bibles this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 24. I want to read uh, about 12 verses of the 24th chapter of 1 Samuel to you uh, this morning, and then we're going to kind of break that down, and I believe God has given me three areas of life that, uh, that we need to adjust, make adjustments in as it deals with authority and leadership in our lives uh, right out of this text. God's Word says this, Now it happened. When Saul had returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him saying, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave." Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, verse 6, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master." the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Now watch this. David comes out of the cave. It says, David also arose afterward, went out of the cave and called out to Saul saying, my Lord, the king, And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, indeed, David seeks your harm? Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you. Really important verse. But my eyes spared you, my eyes spared you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I'm guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs which you have done to me, but this hand, my hand, will not touch you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, for these few moments that we have now to spend together God, I pray today that you will show us some things, make some adjustments, some tweaks in our lives so that we might better understand what it means to know you, to live the life that you created us to live and destined for us to live. God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Three things. I'm going to preach to you this morning just like I would preach to my church in Salt Lake, And I tell those folks quite often this simple fact that I can only preach as well as you can listen. I can only preach as well as you can listen. I'll only preach as well as you are ready to receive. So this morning I would ask that you get ready to have God speak to you in some way through His Word. In this moment that God's given us, be challenged in faith, be challenged in your thinking, be challenged in the way that you approach your relationship with Jesus Christ. Be ready to receive everything that God has for you this morning. There's three things out of here that I've kind of pulled out and I want to spend a couple of minutes talking to you about, is it deals with leadership in our lives and the position, the place that God has put us. It goes into every area, our family, our jobs, in the church, everywhere that we go, we have people in authority over us. And there's something that we do in the church that is comfortable for most of us. And in fact, it's something that David did with his men. The Bible says in verse three, it says, so he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 23, you'll realize that Saul is out to kill David. He wants to end his life. In fact, this portion of scripture starts out and Saul has taken 3,000 men to hunt down David and to kill him, to extinguish, to exterminate his life. David and his men are hiding in the cave. They're hiding because why? They're afraid. They're hiding because someone's after them. They're hiding because they don't know what else to do. They're hiding in the cave because they're not sure what God has for them next. They're hiding. We hide in the church. There are a lot of people who come into church every single week and they hide in the church. We sit in our spot. We sit in our seats. Now, I'm not here every week, but I will just go on assumption and experience and say that most of you sit in the same place every week. You have your seat. This is my spot. In fact, other people who are familiar with the church know it doesn't have to be said. It's just, oh, no, that's, that's so-and-so's spot. That's where they sit. That's where they do it. We change our seating configuration about every six weeks, just slightly, just to watch people come in and go, Why? Because we are creatures of habit. We like to come and sit safe and hide in church. We love to come into a place where we feel comfortable, where it feels nice, and we hide. Why? Because somebody's hurt us, because somebody has done something to us. We get into our own little cave, we get into our own little crevice, our own little spot, and we like to just stay there. Well, I'm just staying here. Well, don't you want to be involved? No, I can't be involved in ministry. Well, don't you want to submit to to leadership? No, 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 I can't do that because I've been hurt. I've been hurt. Someone's been after me. Someone said some nasty things about me. I've been hurt. My last pastor, he wasn't very nice. Some of the staff people, they didn't shake my hand, they didn't smile at me, They, uh, they didn't even know my name. I was there six hours and they didn't even know who I was. So I'm going to sit in my cave, I'm going to hide in my cave, I'm not going to do anything, I'm going to get back in the recesses of the cave and just wait. I'm just going to stop. You know, it's amazing to me the longer that I've been in ministry, which is now, uh, despite my youthful appearance, I've been meeting folks who I've known throughout the years and they're introducing me to their children who are in kids' church and now are in college and it's making me feel very... Uh, well, old. Despite my youthful appearance. The longer I've been in ministry, it amazes me how many times people come in, they'll talk to me, they'll talk to someone on our staff, or they'll come from a situation, and they're thoroughly convinced that they're the only one who's ever been hurt, ever. So let's just, to make everyone feel good, just an honest survey. How many of you at some point in your life have ever been hurt by someone else? Shocking, isn't it? We're not the only one. We're not the only one. We say, Well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've had to endure. You don't know what I've been through. Guess what? It's not reason to hide in a cave. To get back in the recess of the cave and say, well, I just can't do anything. I've been hurt. You know, I, there are caves in Utah, and, and it's, it's actually fun. We'll go hiking with the boys, and we'll go find a cave to, to go hike in. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a neat experience. Can I come down here? Is that all right? Or if I just, like, entered your personal space. Um, but I've noticed that caves are, are dark. Not a lot of light. Unless you have a flashlight, you go far enough into a cave, you can't see anymore. It doesn't matter how long you stay there, your eyes don't adjust because it's dark. There is no light. It's one cave we go to with the boys, and you have to kind of crawl in the, the front part and you can walk way, way down inside. It's fun, kind of like a little tourist attraction, but, you know, they've got lights in there, but if they shut the lights off, you cannot see anything. You can't see anything. I'm Chad. How are you? Good? Can I ask you to do something? Can you just close your eyes for a second? A couple nights ago, I was uh, sleeping, and uh, Amanda, my wife, jostled me awake. Uh, I was having a bad dream, and she, she jostled me awake, and she goes, she goes, honey, 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 you're having a bad dream. I have a a strange phobia. Uh, I am deathly afraid that at some point in my life, I will be attacked and killed by a pack of wolves. I don't know where it came from, but if I'm walking around and, you know, I mean, especially out in the country, but I can be walking through the middle of a city at night and I'm looking over my shoulder, convinced that there are wolves coming to attack me. And that's the dream I was having a couple of nights ago. I was having a dream that I was being chased down by a pack of wolves. And as Amanda shook me awake, uh, in my dream, I dreamt that one of those wolves had leaped and bit into my shoulder, which was a little bit frightening for me. It was a very real, one of those very real, vivid dreams. And the most amazing thing is this. Now, open your eyes and touch my shoulder right here. Feel my shoulder right there. Bah! Now, <laughs> i sorry. I hope you're not a visitor. Um, uh, now, listen, there are times in life where what? Our eyes are closed. We can't see very well. Now, it is true. I do have that fear. Um, the dream part that was made up, that was a lie. But um, The wolf part is true. I do have that fear. That's a legitimate fear of mine. There are times in life where we go through life, our eyes are closed, we cannot see. We can't see. We can't see what's coming. We can't see what's around us. We can't see what's around the corner. And it's a frustrating moment. Why? Because we've snuck into the cave and it's dark. Now, remember what I said at the beginning. Spurgeon said, God speaks clearest what? Not through his voice, but through our circumstances. But if you can't see, how do you know what God's saying? Often God is communicating, he's talking to us through the life that we live, through the things that are happening around us, the circumstances that are right in our face, but we can't see it because we've closed ourselves off in this cave. Someone hurt me, a leader did something to me, I can't trust people, that's all part of getting claustrophobic in your cave. You get closer and closer and closer to the back until it's just you and you're alone. And then I'm safe. Nobody can hurt me. Nobody can touch me. The problem is that God can't speak clearly when we can't see. We'll never really hear God's voice because we can't see what God's doing. In fact, God's word says this, that without vision, the people perish. That without vision, without the ability to see, without the ability to see what God is doing, where God is taking us, how God is leading us, God's word says the people perish. We have to stop hiding in caves. The church is meant to be a place where you can come, get refreshed, get healed, get restored. And get challenged. The church was never meant to be a rotary club for nice people, just to come and hang out, pay my weekly little dues. I'm going to pay my my you know I'm I'm going to pay my monthly dues. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one little thing, or I'll come sweep off the front walk every once in a while. It was never meant to be a rotary club. It was meant to be a place where we plug in, where God puts people in our lives that can lead us and show us and take us to the place that he wants us to go so that we might hear God's voice clearer in our lives. So we got to stop hiding in caves. Secondly, stop listening to someone. Verse 10, David says, look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave and someone... Urged me to kill you. Have you ever had someone say to you? I heard someone say. I heard someone talking. Someone said something to me. Someone made an observation. Do you realize that someone, no one knows who someone is? Someone is just out there. Someone said. I'll get an email every once in a while. And I'm a pastor and I do things that are uh, relatively controversial from time to time. And so I'll get an email every once in a while or uh, from someone who's been around long enough to remember how to write a letter. Sometimes I'll even get a letter. And oftentimes the email will start out Pastor, someone said. And I go, Delete. Why? Because. No one knows who someone is. And someone in your life will often come up and they sound very spiritual. Listen to the someone in this part of Scripture. Look, this day your eyes have seen the Lord delivered me into your hand. And someone urged me to kill you. Look, look. They'll be very spiritual. Look what God's given you. Look what God's doing. Someone will come in and tell you, well, look what's happening. And oftentimes, it'll be a spiritual context. Oh, someone will say, well, look what they're doing. Or look what happened there. Or look at the failure that happened. Or look at the the problem there. Or look at the issue there. Or look at this. And on the job, someone will come in and say, don't you think that our boss is kind of an idiot? I mean, he just really is. Someone will come and say, stop listening to Someone. Someone is almost always wrong. When we moved to Salt Lake and started the church, I had a, I've had a lot of conversations over the last five years with my dad. I found this to be true, that God will speak clearest about your life to you. Not to someone else. Not to another person. Not to another someone. But to you. God speaks clearest about your life to you. My dad's great desire was for me to pastor the church that he started. God had a different plan. God spoke clearest about my life to me. Not to my dad, not to my mom, not to my grandparents, not to my family, to me. When God speaks, He will speak clearly to you about you. If there's an issue that arises in life, If there's an issue that you face on the job, if there's an issue that you face in the family, if there's an issue that you face in the church, our job is to go to that person, not to send someone else and have them use the someone line. I was talking to someone and they wanted me to come and talk to you. No, 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 that doesn't work anymore. The someone in David's life said, hey, kill him. God's delivered him into your hand. He's yours to do with what you want to do. Just take his life, end this whole thing. You can be king, everything can be right, everything can be the way God said it was going to be. It was very spiritual. But David heard clearly about his life from God. And God said, not now. Who will you hear clearest from? How will you hear clearest? You'll hear clearest when you've positioned yourself to listen. It's an incredible portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 3. It talks about the voice of God going from one person to another person to another person and to another person. All of these important people, the high priest, the governor, all of these incredibly important people, people. And then God's word says, but the word of the Lord came and it came to John in the wilderness. Why? Because John had positioned himself to hear from God. God was trying to speak to all of these different people. He was trying to speak to all of these different areas of life, but God spoke clearly To John because he was positioned to hear from God How do you get positioned to hear from God? You plant yourself in a good house You plant yourself in good soil You put yourself around people that care about you and want the best for you and want you to succeed And want to give you the truth in God's word and won't hold anything back You plant yourself in that kind of place and that's how you hear from God That's how you get positioned to hear from him. So stop listening to someone. Stop hiding in caves. Stop listening to someone. Number three, stop trying to be God. Verse 12 says, may the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. David says, let God take care of what God's going to take care of, but my hand's not going to touch you. Saul had great offense against David. He he was a man trying to take his life. And David says, no, no, I won't do it. Let God do what God's going to do. Why is it that we struggle so hard in our walks, in our personal walk? with Christ, to let God do what God's going to do. Why is it such a difficult leap for us to believe? We come in and we sing songs. We raise our hands in worship. We get engaged. We get involved. We're part of what's happening. We tell God how much we love him, how much we trust him. We sing the hymns. Oh, how I'll trust him. We know all the words to all the songs. We walk out of the front doors of the church and we grab our life right back. We don't allow God to do what God's going to do. In fact, if we're honest, many of us say, "What? Well, oh, I've got it figured out. I, I, I can do this better, God. I, I've got a better way to handle this. I've got a better way to get through it. God, just trust me on this one. God, just, just, I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about it. You can go off and do other things. The great thing about the God you serve is he's got nothing better to do than to be with you. In the big and the small things in life, regardless of the circumstance we face, that God is actually interested in you, in your life, in what's happening in your world, God is interested in you. Stop trying to be God. The moment you think you've got everything figured out is the moment that God will slap you with a two by four. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer To God, a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Verse 17 says this, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you. As those who must give an account, do this, now watch this, this is for the church, this is for us, this is for you. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. We'll just say it one more time. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden. And then God's word says this, for that would be of no benefit to you. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to the authority that's in your life because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do you know there are things in God's word that are irritating? If you haven't been irritated, you probably haven't been coming to church here long enough. There are parts of God's word that are offensive. There are parts of God's word that are easy to stay away from, we'd rather not deal with. Some people would rather we didn't deal with. But I want you to understand this, and I would say the same about your pastor. When I stand before God, I have to give an account of the life that I lived and the ministry that I fulfilled. And the thing that I've promised our church, whether you always like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, I will always tell you what God's word says because I don't want you to have any opportunity to stand in heaven and point at me and say, You never told me. A real leader, a real leader in your life will irritate you from time to time. If you're never irritated, you will never grow. If you're never irritated, if you're never stretched, if you're never pushed, you will never grow. If you never grow, you're never going to live the life that Pastor Ryan's been talking about. You're never going to hear God's voice clearly. You're never going to step into God's best for your life. Why? Because I've been comfortable in the cave. I've enjoyed my time in the cave. Still going to heaven? Not taking very many people with you? You'll still get in? You still be a part? It's like the old joke. A bunch of new people, Pearly Gates, and St. Peter's there, and he takes them into the orientation rooms, and they begin to walk past, and they walk past the first room, and uh, St. Peter looks in and says, "Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, that's uh, that's the Catholic room." And they walk past another room, he looks in, he goes, that's, that's where all the Lutherans are. He walks past another room, he goes, that's, that's where all the evangelicals are in there. And, and then he walks past another room, he goes, that's where all the charismatics are in there. And, and then he walks down and turns a corner and he stops as they turn the corner and he says, now listen, um, we have to be really, really quiet uh, when we go past this next room. So they walk past and people kind of peek in and there's a very reverent group of people in that room and... They get past there and turn another corner, and one guy in the back says, well, who was in that last room? And St. Peter goes, oh, that's the Baptists. They think they're the only ones here. (laughs) You get to heaven. You get to hang out, enjoy the party, but you're not going to live the life that God had destined for you to live, designed for you to live. Why? Because we don't really want to believe what God's word says about our lives. 1 Thessalonians 3, and I'm going to close with this. It says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we commend you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what's good. In the church, we get into the habit of not being busy, but of being busy bodies. We're running around all the time. We're just not accomplishing very much. Why? Why? Because we haven't submitted ourselves so that we can hear what God wants to say. Let God be God. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have the answer to all of life's problems before you start. You don't have to have it all clear and all clarified. Let God be God. Let God handle what you can't. Let God take care of the things in life that don't make sense. Let God get you where he wants you to go. Listen. Listen. In every area of life, be sensitive to the place that God's put you and watch how clearly God will speak in your world. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as... We close our time together. I want to ask just a very simple question just sitting in this room. I don't want to embarrass anyone this morning. I I don't know quite what your tradition here is, but we're going to take this moment and approach it the way that I approach it with our church in Salt Lake. But you sit in this room today in a a moment of quiet reflection. Maybe you would say that, Chad, honestly, my heart is not right with God. It's not right with Him. The things that I've allowed to happen, maybe I've never made that decision to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or maybe you sit here today and you'd say there's things that I've allowed to creep into my life, that I've allowed to happen in my world that have taken me to a place that maybe I never thought I would go. But today I need to Recommit, I need to commit my life back to my Savior. Wherever you are today and realize if you're new here, I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not telling you that you ever have to come back to a service here again. But I don't want you to leave this place not sure where your heart is with him it's not about the label that you carry behind your name the church that you attend it's about a relationship that you have with him I want to pray with you today and I won't embarrass you but with every head bowed and every eye closed if that's you you'd say Chad I-, I need to be sure that my heart is right with God would you do me a favor all across this room Would you just slip up a hand and say Chad that's me today I, I, I need to be sure that my heart is right with him God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you sweetheart I don't wait just one more second I don't want anyone to miss this opportunity God bless you God bless you Glad we waited for you You can put your hands down. I want to pray a prayer of faith. There's nothing magic about the prayer, but these words will change your life. Because at this moment, you'll invite God into your world. And when that happens, everything changes. It's not the same. Everything is different. Pray this with me, everybody in this room Would you just say this with me, would you say Jesus Thank you For dying on the cross For my sin Lord I'm sorry Forgive me Come into my life And change me In Jesus name Amen Amen If you raised your hand today or you prayed that prayer Maybe you didn't even raise a hand I would encourage you right after the service Go out to the counter that's right out across the lobby. They've got a handout. They've got a, a, a booklet they'd love to give you and pray with you, answer any questions that you have. I'll tell you, you'll be blessed if you go and do that. Make sure that you get that. Make sure that you do it. If you don't have a church that you're a part of, this is a great church. Get planted, grow. Allow God to work on you. Allow God to stretch you and push you in areas of your life. Be blessed. Tell the person next to you, how incredibly good-looking they are this morning. Make sure you're here next Sunday, 9 o'clock or 1045. Bring 10 people with you. It's going to be a great day. We love you. Have a great week. God bless.